welcome to the Sincerely Speaking Autism Podcast. I'm Kikiani, your host, and thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time to my podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you some more for all your continued support. Make sure to subscribe to this channel and share my podcast. And please, if you have some time, rate and review. In this episode, we are going to touch the topic of siblings. Now, I'm not sure what your family dynamic looks like, but for most parents that I've come across during my journey, we all have multiple children, some that have different levels of autism, some that don't have autism at all. So it all depends on, again, your household dynamic. In my household, my oldest, Sincere, is 20 years old, and he has a 17-year-old sister, Tasia. Um, Tasia is 27 months younger than Sincere, so when we discovered his diagnosis, she was just pretty much navigating, you know, walking and talking. So for me personally, I had a lot on my plate. I was trying to take care of a newborn, trying to navigate this new toddler with this, with this new diagnosis, and trying to figure out how motherhood, parenthood, however you want to term it, was going to be. I found myself constantly running myself ragged, trying to attend to his needs, trying to attend to her needs. And a lot of times I realized that she was getting the short end of the stick. And the reason being is because with his autism and the tantruming and navigating the different behaviors, I had to funnel all my attention towards him to keep him safe while kind of feeling as if I was leaving her by the wayside. Um, when walking through this journey, I didn't know how to balance it up. It took me a lot of trial and error to figure it out because, again, she was the baby, but yet he was getting all my attention. I remember times where both of my hands had to be used to hold him together while she had to hold on to my skirt tail or my shirt just to be able to stay safe. And for me as a parent, it was very overwhelming because I felt like I wasn't giving her what she needed. I felt that I was like I said before, failing her. But I just want to stand here and say to you guys today, you're not failing them. What you're doing is trying to navigate the spectrum and navigate it while also being a parent to a non-autistic child. Trust me, it's not easy, but it is possible. Over the years, what I found was that I had to find a semblance of normalcy for her and how I did that was I used to use the time that she and I had when he was down. And what I mean by down is when he was rested, when he was sleeping, because a lot of times um, he would nap. And, you know, trust me, they were far and few between, but I would use those times to just let it be mommy and me time. Um, a lot of times with the medication that he was on, he went to bed earlier. And what I did was I learned that giving her that extra hour or hour and a half in the evening after eight o'clock was what she needed. It allowed her and I to bond. And, you know, for some people on the outside looking in, it's like, okay, well, she's younger. If he's in the bed, she should be in the bed. But like I said in previous episodes, when you're navigating this journey, you have to navigate it according to your rules. Your house is your house and you have to navigate it for what works best for your health. And in my house, if that meant that my younger child stayed up until 10 versus going to bed at eight o'clock, I would, you know, that's what I did because it gave her time with mommy. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I had a three-year-old up at 10 o'clock at night, but what I'm saying is as she got older, you know, like five, six years old, that time was very personal to her. And a lot of times it wasn't even an active time. 
It was just giving her me. Where she would watch a movie with me till she fell asleep. She would lay in the bed and she would cuddle with me because that gave her me uninterrupted. She loves her brother. She loves him very dearly to this day. But that's what she needed. And in all honesty, that's what kept me going because knowing that I wasn't um, sacrificing her and her needs by spending this quality time with her at night gave me extra power, gave me extra energy because it allowed me to keep pushing because I know that while I may not be perfect in the daytime, at nighttime, I was the most perfect thing to her. And as she got older, I saw that that time, you know, continued to dwindle down, but she always came back to me. She always, you know, was able to communicate her needs. Now, it got to a point where as she got older, she stood up for herself. When she got tired of having to leave family functions or birthday parties because of his tantrum, you know, um, she would be, you know, she'd be asking me like, mommy, I can't do this anymore. Mommy, why do we have to leave again? But in all honesty, I applaud my baby because she was very mature at an early age because unfortunately his diagnosis caused her to mature early. So she really didn't complain a lot. But again, what I did to help her was to try to balance it on the off time. Even during the daytime, when he was awake and he was going through tantrums, when, we, when he would get himself quieted down and calmed down, I made sure that I attended to her needs. I always did a check-in with her. You know, I was like, baby girl, are you good? How are you feeling? You know, we would, you know, converse in the car, things of that nature, and it helps her feel good. Um, you know, both of my kids love going to the library. So we made a routine that every Saturday we would go to the library and they were allowed to get two books and one DVD. So those things balanced because they were able to be a family. They were able to be siblings in the non-traditional sense, but they were still able to be together and, and not be a wage of war. We were just, you know, navigating the spectrum in high, you know, high anxiety times. But also too, with her being the younger sibling, she was very observant. And she also became a help to me which, without even knowing um, because they were in the same schools and the autism program that he attended. A lot of the children that were in his classroom sometimes would um, sit in her class. So when I would come home with him and do homework and have a difficulty explaining it to him, she was able to step in because she had heard his special ed teacher explain it to his other autistic peer that was sitting at her table in her classroom. So she you know, was able to always step up and help me with that. And as she got older, she was his biggest advocate. She would stop me and say, don't get so upset. Maybe he doesn't understand this, or maybe you should try to explain it to him this way. And those things melt my heart to this moment, because where I thought during the journey that I was hurting her and that I owed her so much because I, so to speak, was taking away her childhood, God let me see that he put her in my life the same way he put him in my life, all for a reason. And at the end, it all worked out for my good. My kids now are 20 and soon to be 18 years old. And they're phenomenal kids. And to this day, when my daughter's away at college, she's still calling back in. She's still FaceTiming. She's still checking in with him, checking in with me. And she knows she has no problem with telling me when I'm being too rough or when I'm being too lax. And, you know, she keeps reminding me he has to be independent. Let's help him towards this. Let's help him get what he needs and what he desires. Let's not put an autism label on him to the point where he's imprisoned in it and can't live a full functional life. So as a parent, what I'm suggesting to you, when you have multiple children, some with special needs, some without, don't fret. Just try to find 
what normal looks like for you in your home, not, not according to society, but in your home, and try to find what makes you comfortable, what makes your children comfortable, and find those special times to steal away with those children that don't have autism and let them know, remind them that they are not forgotten and that they still are the apple of your eye and the center of your heart, just as your autistic child is. Once again, remember, breathe, breathe again, Roll up your sleeves because there's work to do. You got this. Be well.